Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, and Havoc Brew Supply, your one-stop shop for your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Get ready for a full day of pure Maryland flavor. Join the Uncapped Podcast and our friends at BAM at the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival on November 4th at Canton Waterfront Park. Savor local brews, groove to live music, and explore amazing vendors. Secure your spot now at BaltimoreCraftBeerFestival.com. Cheers to a taste-filled day. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I am joined by Greg Brown, the managing partner. That was the wrong word though, right? It was managing member, right? It's all the same. Okay. But effectively, the new owner of Monocacy Brewing Company and Brewers Alley. We should talk about Brewers Alley during this, too. Yep. I've, especially since every other episode we've ever done has <laughs> has kind of combined the two together. And Carl, I don't know it's how to actually. Canoop. Canoop. That is not what I would have guessed. <laughs> that, like, I've heard every rendition you can like, possibly That is definitely that. how like I would say it in my mind to make sure I spelled it correctly, but not how I would have said it. It's Canoop, like Knife. Yeah, you know? that's, <laughs> I, that's such a great movie. <laughs> and, uh, the general manager of Monocacy Brewing. Um, so one, uh, we have, we should first get into what we really want to promote. That, oh, it's been a while now, probably at least... Six months ago, I got a text message from Tom Flores asking me if I would happen to be interested in Monocacy Brewing. Uh, no, it's been almost a year, I think, since he first asked That's me. It, it could have been a year. Yeah, because it... And Time flies. So the very first collaboration beer I ever did uh, was with Monocacy Brewing. It wasn't under Uncapped yet because Uncapped didn't even exist at that point. It was for the Frederick News Post's 125th anniversary. And Monocacy Brewing brewed a beer for us named Red All Over uh, because we just thought it would be hilarious that there was a punchline to, or no, I guess that's the setup of what's, no, that's the punchline. What's black and white and red all over the new, a newspaper. Um, so Tom had asked me if I would be interested, and I said, of course, because one, it was an awesome beer, and two, it's, and then I was like, wow, it's been 10 years since that was done. Uh, so coming up on October 12th at Monocacy Brewing in the tap room in the beautiful outdoor area, there will be a release event for Red All, Red All Over. So also, thank you guys for coming and for making that beer again. Thanks for having us, Chris. Appreciate it. And thankfully, Tom's still there, so I'm sure it'll taste just as great as it did 10 years ago. We might have had a sample before we came in. <laughs> um, and w what's also fortuitous is that, you know, like five years ago, I don't think anyone would have cared about this beer or thought it tasted good. So, like, beer tastes have kind of circled back around enough that people would actually enjoy drinking a hoppy red ale again. <laughs> Carl, what was your comment this morning as yeah, we were tasting? Soon as soon as I tasted, I was like, this is old school. This brings me back. Yeah. You know, 20 yeah. years when I was first getting into craft beer, this is this is what I was chasing. Yeah, the, so the, thankfully, thankfully everything's kind of come full circle so that we didn't have to change it and people actually want to drink it cuz I don't think 5 years ago anyone would would have cared or wanted to drink not exactly right a, a hype beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did it turn out red? 
It's red in color. Okay. It's, it's like a beautiful uh, Tom was amber. so obsessive about that the first time we brewed it. I made so many trips <laughs> to the brewery with him doing different mash <laughs> examples. and pick. I, I think at one point there was like a lineup of maybe five or so just slightly different hued <laughs> mash pills to pick which color red I wanted. <laughs> I think that's a, a perfect example of, you know, why Tom is so valuable um, in his role as, as brewmaster. I mean, we literally what you described, we go through that process every Friday um, when we do our sensory evaluations yeah. of all of our beer to make sure that we are we're meeting the standard of the quality that, that we expect. Yeah, it was it was very that's why I'm always asked, like how because I think at this point I've done like 60 some different beer collaborations with breweries all over the place and I always get asked like how involved I am and I was like well there's the monocacy level involvement where I would wake up every day to a novel from Tom <laughs> asking <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> asking for feedback on every minute detail so like 100% involvement or sometimes it's they ask me for the uncapped logo to put on the can label <laughs> Like it varies greatly. <laughs> so what uh, we, we have several events actually planned. Um, I am horrible at it looks like you may actually have that information with you because one of us showed up prepared. Um, this um, all props to uh, Casey, our director of marketing and communication. She's helped me out here a little bit. So we have the October 12th, which is at Monocacy. Mm -hmm. um, there is, well, one, I guess one of them is a private event at the news post. So we can't, we don't really want to. Can't talk about that. About that one. And then there, there was one other public one, wasn't there? Let's just focus I, on October 12th. Yeah. The yeah. most important one right now that you, where you can go and get it for the first time. Well, the second time, really, because we've already 10 years ago allowed yeah. people to try it. And I think it's like the first 50 people that purchase it at uh, Monoxy on the 12th will get a commemorative pint that's glass. That's right. Yep, that's right. Custom glassware. Is it the same? Is it like the same one that was originally done, or is it? Does it look different? I it, haven't seen it's, any. It's updated. Okay. It looks great. So I have to make sure I get there within get the first there early. 50 people. Get there early. <laughs> first 50. <laughs> um. I'm excited. Well, let's, did you let's, want to try it now, try or were you? I did mean, you plan on leaving that here? It's, it's we, ice cold. I mean, it I is think early, but let's do this. I think the best way to describe it is to taste it. Yeah, not that cut. That. That's no good. <laughs> so while we're doing the, oh, that was good. Look at you. It's like you're a professional at this. I've done this a couple times. Not only did you like hold it so people could hear, you didn't. Lose a drop of it. Ah, there, there we go. go. That's <laughs> so I used to be set up in a different studio, and that one's still used by one of the other podcasts that we do. And it had um, a tablecloth on the table. It would end up just being horrendous because I could not get worse at pouring from a crowler. It's impossible. <laughs> like, I don't. I like. I don't know. It's like I lose all ability to pour a liquid if I have a crowler in my hand. It's just everywhere. It's like one of those dribble glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. 
Well, cheers. cheers. It is the color I remember. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, it's a beautiful amber. Uh, it reddish. smells, smells mm. amazing. It's got a great tan head on it. That's fantastic. It's got a great hop aroma. You pick it up right away. I mean, you could you could smell it from like a foot away. I know we had discussed about bumping the hop additions up a little bit. Did did Tom? Do you know if Tom did that? I believe was that. From, I, th I believe the dry hop. Well, okay. I was going to yeah. say because this definitely seems to be more so. When we first did it, there were there were a bunch of release events that we had all over the place. And for one of them, they did a firkin that had twice the dry hopping in it. And it was phenomenal. And then I, uh, the former owner of the newspaper and myself then homebrewed it with like <laughs> that, the double the hopping. And it took what was a great beer and just was so good. But like... Back then, we were worried about going too bitter or too hoppy that people wouldn't want it. Like, now, I don't think that's no. something to worry about. That this mm. has turned out phenomenal. Yeah, this was Cascade and Nugget in the boil, and then Chinook and Nugget and Cascade in the dry hop. That's really, really good. You get a real earthy hop aroma. It's old school. Yeah. It really is. 100%. I mean, it's just, I would definitely, this definitely could have been just called, called an IPA for sure. Um, cause it, like the original idea was that, well, the first step of the original process was Will Randall, the former, one of the former, former owners of the paper. And I met with the entire Monocacy team and we brought a six pack of other, red IPAs or hoppy red beers that we liked, like Racer, Bear Republic, Racer X. Uh, what is, I can't remember what um, Oscar Blues is now. Is that Old Chubb? Is that their red ale? Oh, I think that might be their Scotch ale. You're right. Yeah. That is definitely their, well, whatever it is. So we had a bunch of them. And, uh, and, and this definitely brings me back to, like, drinking those beers. Because it's, I mean, it's been for, 10 years since I <laughs> yeah. probably have drank this style of beer. <laughs> and it, it was definitely nailed again. This is delicious. Thank it's you got guys. like a slight veil of haze to it. Yeah. Just a, ever so slightly. And it's, it's got that sweet sweetness up front that you get from that C60, C120. And but it's, it's not like the... Um, it's not really like a lingering malt sweetness or um yeah it finishes dry yeah yeah that's that is, tom did great nice job although tom didn't brew this what who's the assistant's name well let's not give it's tom a, the credit a, a little nod to michael <laughs> here <laughs> <laughs> give a little nod to michael <laughs> i think michael was the one doing all the work while i was there doing the heavy lifting <laughs> yeah it's good to have oversight yeah. though yeah <laughs> Stop giving Tom all the credit. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, it, it, the unique thing and, and one thing that really turned me on to both these brands um, immediately, um, well, fast forward literally 10 years since before my wife and I moved back to Frederick, um, that was the last time that I enjoyed a Brewer's Alley beer and didn't have an at that point. But the cool thing, uh, you know, 
any beer that Tom brews, and my wife and I joke about this at home all the time, there's just an experience of how all of the all of his different the, the techniques and everything that he uses when he's when he's you know building what is to become the beer. It's like every taste is truly an experience from the hop aroma to the mouthfeel. Um, it's just a it, it's something magical. And as we were kind of determining if this if we if we wanted to to buy Brewers Alley Monocacy Brewing, the one thing one one of the many positive things that stood out was really the beer and and the beer was on point and 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 I think that that it continues to show through in each and every brew um that that Tom and not just Tom but Tom and the team um are a part of Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes best known for their wide array of IPAs delicious fruited sours and robust porters and stouts Idiom has a simple goal in mind to bring people from all walks of life together to enjoy themselves and each other whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Great beer starts with great ingredients. At Havoc Brewing Supply, they offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. Can I just point out that your voice sounds phenomenal on Mike? Mm. It's like that nice bassy. <laughs> Write that down, babe. <laughs> I always uh, thought he had a, a face for radio. You like that? <laughs> <Carl>? <laughs> I assume that's how Carl feels that I sound every day. Yeah, oh, yeah. He gets me on the phone just to <laughs> growls growl at growl you. <laughs> moving on, moving on. I. So let's um, well, well, we should dive a little bit deeper into what you just touched on. Whereas uh, you are, I mean, I guess not brand new at this point. It's been a little, a little over a year. Yeah, uh, owner of Brewers Alley and uh, a staple in the Frederick uh, community, which I, I think Brewers Alley and Frederick are kind of synonymous with each other at this point. What is it? It's going on 30 years, right? We just celebrated our 27th uh, yeah, anniversary was... on the 26th of July. So uh, they've been around a little bit, uh, maybe slightly longer than most to establish his last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what uh, what were you doing before you purchased? Um, I was involved uh, with a hospitality group um, in Erie, Pennsylvania, um, so we had, uh, six, uh, restaurants, um, and we also acquired a, uh, commercial food service equipment, um, business and from basically from 2017 to, uh, what, 2022 when we got here is kind of what I was doing. Um, prior to that, um, I kind of was, uh, I was in the corporate thing. So, um, worked for Anheuser-Busch back in St. Louis, um, worked with Nestle, um, audit controller, plant manager, 
um, left Nestle to go to a smaller um, food company called Treehouse Foods. Um, basically was, you know, worked with uh, the president of the division, general managers, operated in the, kind of the capacity of CFO, um, grew that division from about $500 million to $1.5 um, over a five-year period. Slight growth. Um, <laughs> yeah, and in, in 2017, um, had an opportunity to kind of jump off the, the entrepreneurial cliff um, and in the, you know, and I made that decision just because, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, even when I was involved with corporations, I, I, I bought a, a small restaurant and bar in St. Louis in 2008, um, didn't know anything about restaurants. Um, <laughs> but it was literally in the shadows, uh, of the Anheuser-Busch brewery. Um, I walked by it every day on my way to work, at least when I was in town. Um, and it, I went there a lot, and um, the owner had some challenge at the time. So I, uh, the basically the bartenders and the team there, um, really encouraged me to buy that. So um, did that. Uh, it was a it was a great run. Um, I was involved with that until 2018, um, and that's kind of how I got involved with hospitality. But I was kind of in the corporate track um, up until about 2017. Um, but being an entrepreneur, it was something I kind of started in 2008 and. At the end of the day, um, it, it, the reason that, that, that these businesses and just being an entrepreneur and business owner, the, the main thing that really excites me um, is, is really the people. Um, you have an opportunity to build a, a culture um, and ultimately you know, to, to put the right puzzle pieces together with the right people um, and, and just grow a phenomenal team, which at, at the end of the day, um, if I'm doing my job as a responsible um, business owner, um, I'm ultimately, you know, enriching the lives of everyone, starting with the employees, starting with the community, um, with our vendors, with our suppliers. You touch um, a lot of people. It's full circle. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very pro business. And, and I believe that, you know, folks that have the, the right, the right work ethic, um, operate with integrity, um, work hard, hold themselves accountable. Um, the cool thing about any the businesses that I'm involved with is the sky the sky's the limit. There's no ceiling for what anyone can accomplish. Um, and I always say, you know, the only thing that that that, that holds back or, or slows growth is finding the the right people to put in the group to grow with uh, and grow over time. So you know that's you know why why I've chosen to do this. Um, it's really that. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, at the end of the day. You know, with my family, um, my kids, we got three boys, um, eight, six, and four. Um, you know, when I when I eventually walk away from this, which probably won't do till close to when I'm dead, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's fun. It's fun to look back. You know, you have your your direct family, but I always say your work family is your second family. Um, and, spend most of your life with yeah. them. <laughs> A lot of times, more than you get to spend with your own family. Yeah, and and the opportunity, like you know, you know. In 20 years, you know, I, I hope that some of the core group of people or all the core group of people that are with us right now, we're all sitting around a table, um, you know, and, and we're happy and we're able to look back on the things that we've um, been able to collaborate on the, and, and work together to accomplish. So um, that's that's why I do it. It, it. it all comes down to the people. So I um, I actually destroyed my knee at Waldemere. Uh, in oh, July, it's a good memory. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing memory. My uh, my eight year old loves to just uh, step in front of you, 
and we were walking to the water park area of Waldemere, and it was right around the corner of a like a white building right before you get to the entrance of the water park. I know that corner. She decided that she that is when she needed to go directly into my path and tripped me, and I landed right down onto my left knee, which is thankfully the one that I've had surgery on in the past. And <laughs> <laughs> I got to spend, th- and uh, another thankfully, that was uh, the second day of our week-long vacation. So I got to spend that vacation barely able to walk. But in Erie. Yeah. And well, we, we were only in Erie for two days and then we went to uh, Canada for the rest of the week. Okay. So thankfully it was a lot of walking activity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the next day <laughs> was timing. The next day was like a three hour walking tour of uh, <laughs> Niagara Falls, which <laughs> it, it was, I think it was like a two miles worth of walking. And there were two, like you, we started where you get on that boat and it takes you to the Hornblower. And it used to be called the Maid of the Mist. Mm-hmm. And it, they take you up to the falls. And then the second part was like a two-mile walk down to another place. I took an Uber from <laughs> from the first part of the tour to the rest of it while the rest of my family walked it. Well, it's, it's Canada, so it's kilometers. So yeah. it's short, yeah, it was, right? It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I don't know how to do that math, but it was something different. <laughs> Um, so yeah, how'd you end up in Erie? That's a that was uh, a condition um, of of me uh, leaving uh, Nestle to go work for Treehouse Foods. Um, the president of the division I worked for it was the dressings division, and ultimately became the condiments division um, of Treehouse Foods. Um, he actually created private label salad salad dressing um, in the nineties. Um, grew his business. Um, it, it's really a great story, but grew his business. Um, sold the business, private equity, and, and through different other um, acquisitions, ended up with Treehouse Foods and ended up back as you know, the president of the division at, at the main plant in Northeast Pennsylvania, which is right by Erie, Pennsylvania, Okay, where we started. Um, and we really hit it off. Uh, just a phenomenal boss, entrepreneurial, entrepreneur through and through. And, um, you know, he, he said when, when I was interviewing... Um, he went, he made it very clear. One, he was like, I'm not looking for an accountant. I'm looking for a business partner. And two, um, you're going to have to move to Northeast because there's, because I'm not living in Chicago, which is where the corporate headquarters was. And so I was like, sounds good to me. Why would you want to leave Chicago? He was He's never, crazy. he never, Chicago never lived awesome. in Chicago. Oh. So, uh, but he, you know, it, it was a, it was a great, great run. And actually it was fun. It was fun being there because, you know, he's 110% entrepreneur. I'm entrepreneur. And, you know, getting out of that, getting out of the, what I call like the, the corporate, uh, head shed or whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, the ideas flow, we were able to get things done and, you know, and quite frankly, I mean, that was a part of the, of how we went from 500 million to 1.5 billion was just us getting in there and grinding and, and, and making things happen. So, um, that was how we ended up, we ended up in Erie, um, in 17, um, he, he resigned because he was just kind of tired of doing that, and um, that's how we kind of got going in, in, in hospitality with the whole the whole objective to really make um, Erie, Pennsylvania a culinary destination, which it really wasn't known um, as that. It was known um, for lake, lake effect snow. Yeah. <laughs> which actually, it's, it's, really de- it's really delightful. I enjoy lake effect snow. Not driving in it so much, but uh, being around it's fun. I grew up just south of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So you... You know, we, yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not quite as bad as. Although I think, right on the, Lake Erie. Well, yeah. Well, now it's like still hardly snows at all in Pittsburgh. But I think like 
Erie still gets dumped on every year, don't they? Oh, yeah. There was, uh, I forget, it was 2020 or 2019. We actually came, we came back to Frederick for Christmas and we got back and like we came back to like five feet of snow. <laughs> and I remember because we had two kids. And you're wearing shorts here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had two kids at the time and literally couldn't, I mean, we couldn't even pull the, the truck in the driveway. <laughs> and I've got two kids on my shoulders, walk like wading through snow above my waist um, to the house to get in. So that was a, that was a fun experience. But it was just, it's beautiful. I mean, who, who, who gets to experience five feet of snow? It, my uh, my brother-in-law grew up in Erie, um, and that we were with their family while we were up there, too. And he was like, yeah, this is not what Erie was like when I grew up. <laughs> it's like, it is a lot nicer now. Because we stayed, can't remember what hotel it is, but it's the one that's like right along the water where they have all the stuff set up now, like all the restaurants and yeah, it's in. Yeah, I mean, it, there's really a there's a nice renaissance going on um, in Erie, and you know, I like to feel that we were we were a part of that at Catalyst because in 2017, the renaissance was not going on um, in, in Erie, and um, you know, we we were able to partner with you know different you know government groups, other you know folks in Erie to really help get I, that I mean, process it, going. And if you look back today. I mean, there is a there's a real hospitality scene um, going on in Erie right now, and a lot all of cool it, stuff going on. All it takes is the right people and a little bit of support from the government, and you can completely revitalize a a town that's been dead forever. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, they were able Erie, the downtown Erie was able to be was deemed an opportunity zone. Um, which, oh, yeah, so there was grant money yeah. willing able to flow through did so that that gives you like all that like main street america yeah the, type the, support uh, stuff and all yeah like and all the, those yeah and the, and the beautiful thing around that there it's 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 driven in large part by private investment um you know and they get it back which they rightfully should you know yeah. i think through tax credits and, and, and things like that but you know you've got a there's people in, invested, invested in the community, want to see it well. They're putting yeah. their money where their mouth is. It's private, um, and you and you see good things come back out of it. So, so how did? Oh, actually, if I remember correctly, you have family ties here that brought yeah. you back. To, yeah, family brought us back ultimately. But, so that that's why you ultimately like. Brewers Alley and Monoxy were because you were coming back to this area. To yeah, yeah, and actually going back to that. So my our second date was actually in Brewers Alley. There, are, I know places. so many people that like that that don't that like their first date was at Brewers Alley or they met at Brewers Alley. Or <laughs> when, well, when we were when we and I will give my wife credit. You know, we did agree when we moved to Erie that long term. The objective was to eventually get back to Frederick. She knows how I am. That mi- I might that might have slipped my mind um, for a <laughs> you, period of time. You detoured for a little a um, little longer than anticipated. <laughs> yeah, but uh, she, you know, and and we had some family things um, that also helped motivate us uh, to get back, just to yeah. to assist with family, and and also when we when we left for Erie, we didn't have any kids, and then somehow we have three kids. I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> how that happens. They ha- they offer classes <laughs> at the middle school. To, yeah. Actually, I think it may even be in elementary that they can teach you that. We've got you, some videos to show. Yeah. Uh, I'll, 
I we've, can. We've got an eight, six, and I was four. just going to say, talk but, to your eight-year-old. She's probably <laughs> had, or she'll, she'll be having that class soon, so she yeah. might be able to explain it to you. Well, we're, yeah, all boys. But, oh, yeah, um, sorry. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, number four could come at some point, but I don't. <laughs> Once, if you figure out how. Know, I'm trying to figure out how this how this all happens. So we were relatively. stork and like. We, we were productive. Uh, we were productive on many fronts, I think, in Erie. Um <laughs> Productive, reproductive. And uh, yeah, it just, you know, it got to the point where, you know, you always put family first. And, and so um, just through conversations with my wife, we made the we made the decision to uh, to get back home. And I think, you know, in, in all decisions in life, everyone has their values. But I think that you always have to put family first, um, at least from my perspective. And so that kind of led it, it when we made that decision. You know, the other the other component was, OK, well, what am I? Okay, we've done, we're going to do this. So, you know, luckily, you know, I was able to divest my interests um, in the businesses that I was involved with um, in Erie. And, and through that, we really didn't know, I didn't know what I was going to do in Frederick because it's a little challenging to kind of move some to a community where, you know, we just really haven't had strong ties to the community for basically a decade. Yeah. Um, and and, and kind of start over. And, you know, we were looking at different things. I was considering going back to the corporate world, but... I mean, even when I left the corporate world, I was kind of a bull in a china shop and it just wasn't something that, <laughs> that really, I didn't want to wake up every morning, not being excited to what I was for, what I was going to do and in what I did, you know, I would have been on an airplane three, five, you know, six days a week grinding. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's just that to do what I was doing in the corporate role. That's what you have to do to be successful, I think. Um, well, yeah, they got, you know, it's a little different technology now you might be able to do some things from yeah. home, but I think to be successful in the way that I operated, you got to be there, you got to be in the mix. So I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to make sure I was, as I was around for my family and my kids. And so I hear the restaurant business is really conducive <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, you, you know, you, you, you don't you have, have to spend to, any time. You have to make sacrifices, <laughs> but you know, this, the strategy with our business as we grow is really focused on, on Frederick County, um, at this time. And there's a, one reason for that is I don't want to be living out of a suitcase or, or in hotels, um, you know, to keep, to keep the overall business, um, running next. You know, it, in Frederick County, I mean, it's nice to be able to, to to have that community involvement and also see the implications of of what a great hospitality and, and brewery group can do in the area. Because the cool thing about that is, you know, all the money, the money that's around these businesses, it's going right back into the community, which I forget the exact economic you know, statistic on that, but I think it's like you take every dollar times eight that's that's gone through payroll in the community, and that's the implication or something like that. But it's I think it's definitely that, a lot. It's a high yeah, amount. But, but between that and just being able to be involved in the community and do things with the community and do things to help people, um, it, it, for me, I think it's more fulfilling to actually be in the area and see the implications of that versus being you know from from far away. So. And you know, I mean, I'm slightly biased, but Frederick is definitely one of the best places on earth. I, I think, <laughs> you know, when I, it, it had been a while, but just, you know, the immediate impact of, of what I felt and saw when I came into to downtown Frederick and just how nice and welcoming, you know, everyone was, it was, you know, it's fantastic. It's, it's a great feeling and it continues to be a great feeling. Um, but going, but going back, so we, we basically, 
it was kind of an accident. We, I was able to just have lunch one day with Phil Bowers, who obviously I think most people in Frederick know, yeah. know Phil. So he, he created Brewers Alley, um, founded Monocacy Brewing Company. Um, you know, many would say, you know, Brewers was established in 96. Um, there wasn't much going on downtown. It was established um, in Ted Gregory's uh, living room. In Ted, yep. And <laughs> they can, I'm sure you've heard that story. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just, you know, I, it, it was it was a it was a lunch that I thought would be a quick lunch with Phil. We ended up spending probably four or five hours together at Brewers Alley. And the next day we met and spent another three or four hours together at Monocacy Brewing. Um, I was looking for an opportunity to to be involved with something special. Um, Phil at the time was kind of looking for a succession plan. Um, and, and we kind of hit it off. And, and also one of my, my initial requirement for Phil, I said, Hey, you know, if we do, if we can, if before we get start talking, you know, negotiating and deal on this business, just in my time with you, it, it would be important for me to you, for you, um, to hang around the hoop in some sort of more ownership capacity, um, just out of, you know, out of respect to everything that he's done. And, and really quite frankly, even though I'm, you know, I'm the majority owner now. I mean, I talk to Phil almost daily over the phone and, and, you know, he's, you know, I see him as a, as a mentor to me. I mean, he's been in the business for years. He's been in Frederick for years. And so, um, that, that kind of knowledge and that experience, you, you just, that, that doesn't get created overnight. Yeah. And um, he obviously knows a little bit of what he's doing yeah. after the success that <laughs> yeah, so we shown over the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we, we were able to get to, to get a deal done. And, you know, the first day at Brewers Alley, you know, I said, I'm honored and humbled for the opportunity to take the reins. Um, and I'll say the same thing today. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm honored and humbled for the opportunity. Um, and, you know, the challenge for me is, is, you know, continuing, we're, we're creating positions We're we're continuously attracting talent as we prepare to continue to, to continuously grow. Um, and that's kind of that's where we are right now. So I mean, I look forward to 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 working with the team and bringing more and more people in as as we as we take this brand as we take this brand and grow it over the next twenty seven years. The have you you really haven't made too many changes? Like the de- the menu is definitely different. I, I would I, th- I feel like you may have elevated the food a little bit not that it was like not not significant changes not that it was bad or anything but i feel like it maybe is slightly elevated than yeah. than it used to be in the past brewer's alley it's a very you know i always i try to adhere to the saying like don't fix it if it ain't broke kind of yeah. thing um but brewer's alley is such an iconic brand um and it's it's actually excites me every day because you know the the brand will you know, we will continue to evolve the brand over time, but it's but at the same time we're doing that, it's continuously um, paying tribute to the past um, and and the respect to the past of, of what built such a great brand. So, um, you know, you're gonna we will find some some subtle uh, subtle changes over time, but really those changes aren't they are not they are not made you know off the cusp. They are they are they will be very thoughtful changes. Um, and really just designed to, to align the brand and continue to um, con- make sure we're continuously enhancing our relevance um, in, 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 in Frederick County. Not just Frederick County, but really anyway. I mean, everyone knows Brewer's Alley, but it's just continuing to... Well, and to Frederick man- just continues to grow as a, a weekend destination yeah. area for the, for the entire 
area around here. I mean, half the time on the weekends you see more DC plates and yeah. and from yeah. other places than yeah. I mean, I think yeah for for I mean Brewers Alley if anything. I mean any brand that you own. Um, I, I think any in my mind from an ownership from an owner standpoint. Um, you know, the owner is always the last to get paid. And when I say that is whether it's a restaurant business, whether it's a brewery, any business where you're physically making something, um, they're capital intensive businesses. Um, so each and every year, you know, we are continuously reviewing, you know, what I would call the capital plan on how we're reinvesting back into the four walls of our business um, to enhance the experience, to upgrade equipment, um, to automate and innovate on the brewing side. I mean, being in the, being a craft brewer, I mean, margins are very, very small, um, in that business. And you have to continuously be pushing the envelope on how you innovate, um, to stay relevant. So you can, you can can beer and actually be able to, to maintain your costs. So you can actually have a, a can of beer on the shelf in the market that yeah, you think, can make it, you can make a couple bucks on when you sell I think the case. People, so people vastly overestimate how much money craft breweries make? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you yeah, there's there's the P and L, and then there's the balance sheet, and and then there's the capital component of it. And yeah. you know you have to realize that if you're gonna be in if you're gonna be in the brewing business today, I mean the capital investment you're you're seven digits before you even really start. Yeah. Um, and you gotta, you gotta pay to service that debt. And then there's always something that's broken and things are always breaking, <laughs> but you, and you have to, but also you also have to invest to, to, to proactively doing preventive maintenance on things. So they're not breaking. Um, so there's, I mean, there is a lot that goes into, uh, to any business above and beyond, you know, the direct input costs, uh, the labor costs, et cetera, because if you're, you know, if you're, if your business is going to survive, you got to maintain those. You got to do your best out of respect for your employees. That's always the first thing you do. But you always have to be looking for how, like, what, how much money can I put in the business this year to improve it for next year? Can to improve it for next year? Um, so that I mean, that there's a big equation that you have that you have to look at there. And also, I mean, you know, marketing, IT. You can go on and on about the you know the expenses that that you know. I guess if I put my 24 year old hat on. The first restaurant I got, I probably wouldn't have been having that conversation, but you know, I've owned a few now. And so I, I understand and respect that, that you, you have to continuously, you know, invest, um, in, in any business. And it's not just the assets, it's, it's the people assets. You have to continually, continuously invest in your people, um, to continue to grow and innovate. How do people stay up to date with what's going on at Monocacy and Brewers Alley? <laughs> well, how do they? Oh, as far as the the <laughs> yeah, just the, 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 yeah. So we we recently created. So number one, one thing that we historically have not been, I think, great at. That's one thing that I think that um, all of our guests and customers should be seeing um, is a little getting a little bit better on our on our marketing and communication. Um, we recently created a. We've hired a, a director of marketing and communication to assist with that. Um, but to get up to date, I mean. Website, um, website for Brewers Alley and Monoxy Brewing, um, social media, Instagram, um, all those areas is, is where you can go to to stay up to date. Um, you have mailing lists for both of them too, don't you? I think you do. At least for Brewers Alley, there's a mail. Uh, yes, I, we do. And if we we do have we have a mailing yeah. list for both, and we also, I mean, we are going to be 
probably in Q1. Because the menu changes, well, not full-scale changes, but the specials and everything, because I do remember seeing those with the... Yeah, Brewer's Alley, I mean, every day we have new specials at Brewer's Alley, which are posted through the website. Um, yeah. So people can definitely um, uh, see those. Um, Monocacy, that's when, I mean, that's an area that we haven't been great at. We haven't been overly consistent at. You're going to see the consistency and the strategy really improve in those areas. We're, we're investing in getting that straight because that's important. Um, I started off talking about, I mean, I, I could be biased, but... Uh, I really, I really, really love our beer. I mean, I think we, we, just, we just knock it out of the park on our beer. Um, but, you know, it, with, any, with any, it could be beer or whatever it is you're making. If, if you don't have a great mechanism to let everyone know how great the beer is or the widget is or whatever, it's like, yeah. hey, it's great, but no one knows about it. And so I think we're really, you know, we're spending a lot of time uh, figuring out the right approach and the right path forward on that, so we are make sh- that we make sure that we are we, we have the right data with the the right amount of touch points. We want to have too much, don't want to have too little, but so ultimately our, our our guests, our customers, know what's going on in our tasting room, know what's going on at Brewers Alley, know what the Alley Wagon is doing, which is our food truck that that we bought, um, and also know where they can buy our beer. So if you can't make it to the tasting room, if you can't make it to Brewers Alley. Um, you know, we've got some great partners out there, um, in the, in, in the retail, in the retail trade. Um, but it's a partnership. So we also need to do a really good job of letting our guests and customers know where to find our beer so they can make it to those, to those retailers. Right now I'm going to ask you a few intentionally stupid questions. Cool. <laughs> Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Pirate. That is correct. Oh, there's right and wrong to these questions. I mean, <laughs> pirate. Some people would argue that there probably isn't. I will argue yes, there is, and uh, Greg is correct. So we'll okay. one Jack for Greg. Sparrow. I'm going to keep the score here. <laughs> now I'm nervous. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. No. You're, yes. Okay. You were doing so well, Greg. You've got to have the Hawaiian pizza. It's disgusting. It's beautiful. No. Is there Hawaiian pizza at Brewers? little we would call yeah, it yeah so. everyone yeah. on special on we don't special. do it all the time yeah. anymore because like you said actually funny story i don't want to i don't want to get off track on the questions <laughs> i should have said no because in back the first restaurant that i had i thought the hawaiian pizza i actually deemed it this is my 24 year old mind we called it the hawaiian sensation and i was insistent that this pizza had to be on the menu and do you know how many of these we sold a week I'm guessing not enough to keep it on the menu. <laughs> like one to me. <laughs> so long That's story short, it's disgusting. You're, you're. I think the general public probably agrees, but I, I think a little Hawaiian. Yeah, it's almost a the pineapple, I, the Canadian bacon, just fancy. You know. Well, that's ham. fine. You can put ham on a, yeah, a gotta, pizza, but but you got to have the ham and the pineapple. No, you don't. It's well, when you asked that question, I was assuming ham and. Well, yeah, it can be but Canadian bacon and pineapple. Yeah, yeah, prosciutto, maybe. No. Prosciutto. Pineapple doesn't. The although Brewers Alley used to have, and maybe it's still there occasionally. There, there was a pizza that, I, that sounded absolutely repulsive. It was called the Elvis, and it had peanut butter and apple and like all these things that do not sound like they belong together at all. And I ordered it once, fully expecting that I would be ordering a second meal once I tried <laughs> that, and it, it wanted nothing to do with it. It was amazing. It somehow works. Pineapple does not, though. 
Fine. Is Nickelback a good band? Oh. <laughs> yes. Oof. Yes. Oof. I don't. I don't have a straw. I just. I don't advertise that. I'm but I give like, you the I point. I like Chris. a little Nickelback. I'm giving you the point. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's rolling her eyes at me right now. <laughs> Everyone would say they're not, just because you know. What's the best uh, breakfast cereal? Lucky Charms. It's a good answer. Lucky Charms. I think Golden Grams are the best, but Lucky Charms are good. I would go. I would go. Uh, no, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Never Toast mind. Crunch. That's, yeah, I, that's, I would. I would choose that over Golden Grams. A little more sugar in the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, I mean that's probably what makes it so good. What's the most used emoji on your phone? <laughs> the, the muscle. <laughs> the muscle. Get her I done. Don't, I don't know anyone who uses that. Congratulations. That's the first for that one. Giving Greg a point for that. Yeah. My, I'm, <laughs> most would call me. I'm a little old school. I'm not real. I'm, I'm not probably as up to speed as I should be um, in the world of technology. Other than pineapple belonging on pizza, what's your most unpopular food opinion? Man. Ooh, good. I'm from, so I was, I'm born and raised in Missouri and, uh, I grew up eating pork steak, which is if in Missouri, it's deemed as the poor man's steak. Um, but it is, it's literally like having a, um, a St. Louis, a, a St. Louis style rib that you're cutting in a steak. You dob it with barbecue sauce. It's fatty. It's just, it's perfect. My wife hates it. They really, <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard to find a pork steak in Maryland. Um, really hard to find. A, you can't even find pork steak in Erie. Um, but is it possible that there's a reason for that inability I, to find? I think <laughs> I still, I still will choose a pork steak. I think pork steak's great. What is the strangest slash dumbest purchase you've ever made? And thankfully, there's someone here to give input on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh boy. Um the dumbest it's not really strange but it's dumb, definitely dumb. Um this is back in like 2008 maybe 2007. Um I I I'm I kind of enjoy I I used to, I'm, I'm Lake of the Ozarks is Missouri. Went to Lake of the Ozarks a lot. I had a boat at Lake of the Ozarks. A friend of mine. It's a great show too. If you ever watched that. Yeah, oh yeah. It's an uh, amazing show. Yeah, we um I bought a 34 foot, a uh, 1984, uh, 34 foot uh, scarab powerboat. Um, <laughs> well, what's that cliche? The the one. The, what's the best day of your life? The day you buy a boat and the day you sell it. It was <laughs> my buddy and I bought it together. Um, That's probably an extra special bad. And the transact <laughs> the transaction actually occurred at probably like four or five in the afternoon at the Lake of the Ozarks on a like on a Saturday. So you shouldn't make decisions. <laughs> <laughs> four or five in the afternoon at Lake of the Ozarks on yeah. a Saturday. Um, so yeah, we bought this boat. Um, we didn't have a place to put it. it. It, we ended up having to move lifts around buy lifts. Um, the transmission went out quickly, ended up getting it out of the water. Um, the hull rotted out. <laughs> um, it was just one of those poor decisions. Um, You're really building up the evidence for it being a dumb. Was, <laughs> the name of the boat was so long. So long. So long is so long. 
All right, one more. It was horrible. If you could be the best at anything in the world, what would it be? The best at anything in the world. I would. I. I think. Uh, best dad. Best dad. Best dad in the world. I, I'd choose that. Second would be. Second would be. Best. Uh, best business owner in the world. You really could have scored yourself some brownie points by just saying, "Dad and husband." I, I meant to say that too. <laughs> Dad and husband is kind of synonymous in my mind, so um, that too. All right. Uh, my wife always tells me she has the best husband in the world, so I, I achieved that. Oh, so it was just it already happened. You don't need to. You don't have. You don't have to ascribe to it anymore. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I will see you on October 12th, and I hope to see as many of you listeners as possible because this is this beer turned out phenomenal, just as it did 10 years ago, uh, and you should definitely try it out. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Chris. Cheers. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.